Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about villains, courtesy of a commissioned episode from Thomas McNeil and Andrew Youngblood. Thank you to you glorious patrons. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeffrey, what's up, buddy? Man, it is, it's a day. It is. Yeah? It has been... It's been a month. <laughs> it, it's been a month. It's been a very busy month for you. You've been moving, and I've been finishing this album finally, and well, hopefully, I guess hopefully is the word. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in its final phases, and man, this final touches are taking too long. Uh, but all that, yeah, man, it's been it's been busy, and the election, and the COVID, and it's just it's just a crazy time, man. You just need to music harder. I I try every day. I try to music harder. Unfortunately, I, I tend to podcast too much, <laughs> so my ah. music gets a little gets a little truncated. Anyway, that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about our lives, no, sir. <laughs> we are here to talk about these commissioned episodes that, uh, uh, like as you said in the intro, there, Andrew Youngblood and Thomas McNeil. Uh, they both actually sent in two options for commissions, and two of their options for commissions happen to overlap a lot. So, and we always, when people commission an episode, they kind of throw it at us. Like, how about something like this? And we sort of like massage it. Like, uh, we, we, how about we do it structure it like this? So we kind of put their two, these two options they gave us together to do this. And we're probably gonna do their other options as well. WandaVision finally has a release date. So we kind of know what we're doing now. So we are going to throw up some, uh, these commissioned episodes that we've been trying to get to. Sorry. What? You said, you said throw up and I, Oh, first thing that I could think of. Oh yeah. That's good. Good job. Uh, you're making us a morning zoo, uh, type <laughs> situation. All right. So yeah, what well, here's these, what these commissions originally were. Andrew Youngblood said, uh, which next big, bad comic character slash actor can ladder up to the job Roland did with Thanos Kang Galactus doom your picks. If you had the choice and who you think Marvel studios goes with. And then Thomas McNeil said, villains, villains, villains. Now that we have Disney Plus, will the MCU use it to help solve their villain problem? I know Thanos, Loki, and Mysterio are great, but overall the MCU has a villain problem. Do you think the MCU will introduce a major villain in a Disney Plus series? And would they even go so far and give, or so far as to give a villain an entire show as a way to introduce the character before being in a movie? Which villains would you like to see introduced and which would you like to see get their own show? Mm, So here's what we're going to do. We've each come up with three villains to talk about and we're going to sort of break them down. And we, the way, the way we're thinking about it is we came up, we each came up with an Obadiah, a Loki and a Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Based on level of threat. Yeah, well, level of threat and character type, because I think uh, like a a one-off villain, we're going to get, Obadiah means one-off villain. Loki means a villain that we love to hate that will probably stick around as an anti-hero, sort of. And Thanos is is a major threat that will go over multiple movies and culminate into a large-scale story. Right. So we're each bringing our... Obadiah, our Loki, and our Thanos. <laughs> it's, it, you know, we, we talk about it in text, and it, it seems like it makes so much sense, but then when we say it out loud, it just seems so silly. 
oh, oh, I thought it was fully silly all along, but I love it. <laughs> no, it was, it was so serious in my head, but now I'm just like, no, we got to call it something else. <laughs> nope. I, I think we're, I think we're sticking with oh, it. We're man. stuck here. Stuck here. We're, we're stuck, stuck here. And, uh, I like it, man. It's, it's a just nice and rubric to look through it all. Oh God. <laughs> Maybe you come with that tea again. Uh, I just like to, like to pick on the pet ends out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you, I say we start with our Obadiahs, our, our one one appearance villains that seem like they will come and go. Mm-hmm. What you what you got? What you got? Well, okay, so I've got it. I've got an overall arcing story for the three of them to go together and how they can work together. Sound like a you type plan? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know how I like to to. <laughs> like throw out those uh those guesses about how the those predictions about how the universe is gonna go and like kind of nail an entire arc yeah yeah you do you like to do that i don't know if you've ever been successful but you like to do oh, that yeah no 100 <laughs> every prediction i've ever made so so what are you saying <laughs> are you saying you need to go through all three at the same time or i don't i don't need to go through all three at the same time i'm just i'm prefacing it with that so that there's an understanding when you hear yeah. These intercut. You're setting so, the stages. I am. I am setting the stage. So the first one actually does, in fact, set the stage for my big, uh, my big villain tale. And I think, I think rather, I would like to see the Mandarin be used. He's coming in in Shang Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings. Right. Do we have that confirmed that he's in there or is that a, uh, we do. Okay. He's a big bad for, for Shang-Chi. I knew the 10 but, rings, obviously <laughs> it wasn't true. If, I guess I wasn't sure that they had the Mandarin yet. Yeah. So the history of the Mandarin, the, the, the kind of the crux of the Mandarin is that he, uh, discovered an ancient or uh, discovered a, a crashed alien ship, like an ancient alien ship, uh, and there were in it 10 rings of alien, like made from alien technology that he was able to uh, decipher, figure out how to use, and then uh, you know, became a power because of that. Like the, those were basically his superpowers. What I think would, uh, would be fun is if, uh, if it wasn't ancient alien technology, uh, but if it, were, if it were something that were out of time, uh, especially with Avengers Endgame having established time travel that opens up two really big avenues uh, for future films. And that's multiverse or Endgame did this at least that's, that's multiverse and further time travel. Um, and what I'm thinking is there is a, there's a villain uh, that could be prevalent in fantastic four um, linking to the Richards uh, family line and that's Kang the Conqueror, but Kang the Conqueror went back in time into ancient Egypt at one point and became a pharaoh. He was called Rama Tut. But if his, like if some of his technology got left over uh, or lost through the ages and then the Mandarin finds that or it, it comes to him and he is able to, you know, decipher the ancient runes or whatever and uncover it. And then that becomes uh, his his origin story. I think that that would be a really cool link between Mandarin and setting up for uh, the the overarching Kang story. Interesting. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Um, I like the idea that it's um, 
you know, I, I like the idea of using uh, future tech or even future alien tech or even, as, as you mentioned, uh, multiverse tech, like whatever. These rings could be any of that or all of that. And yep. the, the and them being sort of like left behind by a like failed Kang version or something, which I'm sure I'm I'm guessing Kang is one of your three, so I'm guessing we'll uh, we'll hear about that up next, right? Yep. Or, yep. or or third, I don't know. I don't know if he's your Loki or if he's your Thanos. The the Mandarin is my Obadiah. Uh, he is. I think he's going to show up as a one-off. He might come back maybe later, but I think he's going to show up as a one-off. Um, to fight again or to help establish Shang-Chi, but moreover to establish the, the greater villain tale. Uh, Cause we've already got so much in the verse already. As far as heroes, we really need some solid villainy. Yes, 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 absolutely. I like it. I like it. That's a really cool one. We know Mandarin's coming, but still like it's a good, uh, it's a good, good call. My Obadiah, this will be a little uh, controversial because I think if he comes, he may show up in multiple movies. It may be true, but I, I, I wanted to put him somewhere and Obadiah was where he made most sense given these three categories we have given. And it is, and I, and I see a logic for him, him only being in one movie. My Obadiah, oh, my Obadiah is Kingpin. Okay. And I, I obviously would like it to be the Kingpin of the Defenders universe. Yeah, obviously I would re- it needs to be Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Even if it had to be an alternate universe version of him or something to like whatever, work out rights or work out something like uh, work out some some small story detail or something. But like I want Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. But that that is that is my that is my Obadiah. I think he shows up. The, the reason I think I can justify it being. I think there's a, he's a big enough fan favorite that people want him back, but I can see the TV division balking or pushing back at him being some sort of ongoing thing, at least at first. So maybe in this coming phase and maybe the phase after they, he may not be work into their plans, but I do think he could come back eventually, but I'm putting him in my Obadiah slot because the others don't fit there. So, uh, my Obadiah is Kingpin and I just, he needs, they need to let the Defenders things come to the movie side. Like, they just need yeah. to. There's no reason. They did such a good job developing the Hell's Kitchen and then New York street level hero teams that it is just a waste if they decide to reboot that in the future. It's an absolute waste. Yeah. I agree. You know, and honestly, with, uh, with, Jennifer Walters becoming a thing with She-Hulk yeah. becoming a thing. Uh, it's pretty easy to go from She-Hulk to Daredevil, even if you're just like Jennifer Walters to Matt Murdock. Yeah, that's some, and then, that's some real low-level Kevin Bacon stuff right there. Right, right. <laughs> like Easy Kevin Bacon connections here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, from from Matt Murdock direct line to, to Kingpin, like you're in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, okay. And, and I guess we, we said we we're going to try to pick a villain, say who should play them. I, I've done that. <laughs> it's I, I cheated on that part. Uh, okay. And uh, how they should be introduced. They've already been introduced in the level of threat. Uh, but I guess how will they be introduced in the movies is a good question. Uh, he's already been introduced and that's what I, that's what I think is so cool is that he's, he's just already ready built. Just slot him in anywhere. He's pre-made. 
Like so, ready to go, I prepackaged. Didn't, I didn't come up with this. Where do you? Where where would we bring him? Where would we bring him in? Uh, into the movies from from the Defenders. What's a, what's a logical place? I mean, I obviously Jennifer Walters, uh, but that's that's still a Disney Plus show. Where would uh, Kingpin fit in in the movies? Spider Man, clearly, right? Yeah, but Spider Man's real busy right now. <laughs> I think Spider Man's real busy with with some multiverse shenanigans but then again that may be a perfect spot to throw in this uh potentially alternate verse version of kingpin yes that's true what do you think of um him being there's some talk of a sinister six what do you think of vincent d'onofrio's kingpin slotting into oh, that sinister man. six we've talked a lot about who that six would be what if he's one what, of them? Yeah, well, what if he's like funding and rounding up a Sinister Six? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or or he is, you know, one of the six, you know, it, similar to what they did with the Spider-Man video game. You have five that have kind of revealed themselves and then the six that's sort of the benefactor sort of steps in. Um, mm-hmm. They could do that here and it could be Kingpin. And like, oh, how that much would, be would so it good. blow your mind if Spider-Man's under attack from every side, all these characters that we've met or, or some that we haven't, and they're all fighting Spider-Man at, you know, and then you, and then he just like steps into frame. We don't know he's in the movie and then he steps into frame and it's Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Like you've been messing with my money. This is my city boy. <laughs> when I was a boy, when I was a boy, I didn't dress like this. I wore fancy <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Oh, my right. cufflinks were better. <laughs> Although those those cufflinks do do some. Where do you get these wonderful toys? Wait, which which villain? <laughs> Wait, wrong verse, wrong verse, <laughs> wrong verse, wrong verse. <laughs> Man, I like doing the Vincent D'Onofrio voice. That's fun. That's almost Bane, uh, Batman levels of fun, right there. It is. It is. I agree. <laughs> that's our. That's that's the MCU uh, voice to have fun with. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of them. Okay, so I feel like that. Those are two solid Obadiahs, and your and your yours is going to lead into your Loki. So or, or, or a Loki. What, what do you got as your Loki? Uh, my Loki is going to be uh, a fun tale. I think. I think that Ant Man three could very easily, because I, I, I recently read Young Avengers 1 through 6, um, which is a, a fun tale involving Iron Lad um, falling in love with, uh, with Cassie Lang. Which we're going to cover like next week, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't, I won't spoil too much about it. But oh, well, we're going to cover it for the patrons in detail uh, probably next week, but talk about it all you like. I read the first one because I was like, you know, I want to I get familiar with it and kind of you know, see if it's worth us reading and, uh, and kind of go through it, see if it's a good Kang story. And then I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop reading it. I read all six issues that night. Yeah, you wrote me like an hour after we got off the cast and you were like, well, I read the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> give us a quick rundown of who Kang is. Like, I, I don't, we, okay. we haven't really talked okay. about Kang. So Kang is a time traveling warlord that came from the future. Uh, he's from the 30th, 31st century, something like that. Uh, and he came to the past to uh, basically to conquer Earth. Um, and failed because of the Avengers. And in Young Avengers, his, uh, his, his whole thing, his spiel, so to speak, is that he approached his younger self uh, when his younger self was in school 
and his younger self suffered an injury due to some bullies and like he nearly uh like had to be in the hospital for a while nearly bankrupted his parents whatever and he was like if i save myself from that bully i i bring myself to to be who i uh, this person this bad person that i'm supposed to be you know i i become kang early um and i can i can then kind of build on that more and you know kind of condition myself to become an even bigger warlord even badder kind of guy um but the younger self rebelled against that and came to uh i guess the current time to try to get the avengers to help but the avengers were disassembled at the time they were no longer a team but when he like he he found vision he found a, a broken down discarded vision bot who had been destroyed and was able to uh, un- unravel some of the AI in it and found a kind of an, an Avengers backup plan that Tony had or that not Tony that um, that vision had been kind of like programmed with right and found some some ancillary people who would become the next wave of Avengers and so he pieced together this team. Right. That sounds awesome. And, and we've talked a lot about that. The Young Avengers are very likely uh, a scenario that's coming soon. But like Kang, from what I understand, he's a guy from the future who basically uses, he's like a tyrant from the future who uses time travel to try to build the perfect version of him in the future, right? Right. And right. So, well, what's interesting to me about that, and what's interesting to me, and I don't know if this is part of your pitch here, is using him as the Loki. So the, the idea of the Loki is the character that is sometimes good, sometimes bad, uh, goes on to sort of be an anti-hero sort of thing. Uh, this character of Kang, from what I understand, has a lot of different versions of himself throughout yep. the multiverse. Like there's, there's like a multiverse of Kangs that, that have, because of all the time travel shenanigans, he just keeps like multiplying himself. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Kang verse. Yeah, there's like a whole Kang verse out there with all kinds of different versions who are like, some of them are different species and stuff. Like Kang is a crazy, interesting, weird thing. He's an awesome entity. Yeah, yeah, like big, huge entity. So like what is interesting about him being the Loki is what you're saying is like he could show up in to Scott Lang or whatever and be a good guy in that movie but yep. he's fighting against a future version of himself that is a bad yep. guy. So he could be right. both the good guy and the bad guy, not a guy who switches sides, but like the same character, different versions, different multiverse versions of himself, which is super interesting. And if it's, if the younger version, iron lad, uh, seems to, uh, become this, uh, this love interest of Cassie Lang, then we get to see Scott Lang be that defensive father figure. Yeah. I love that. And be like, no, no, wait, wait, no, you're too young for that. You're, you're yeah. so young. You can't, there's no boyfriends. Yeah. Just, just, just any of the Avengers being your, um, like protective dad is very funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think, uh, the, my Loki is, is setting up to be, uh, with this tale that I have constructed. Nice. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, let's dive into my Loki. Um, and my Loki is going to be Magneto. Ooh, talk about sympathetic, right? He's that guy, man. He's that guy who, you know, he has his own version of morality that he is going for and he could easily, 
tra- traverse all through the MCU, do all kinds of things, and he's going to sometimes be doing things we agree with and sometimes things that we don't agree with uh, because he just has a different plan than our heroes most of the time, you know? And a lot of times it's a sympathetic plan. He wants to save his people. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. And of course, I've, I've mentioned it many times, but m- who I would have play him would be uh, Mr. Denzel Washington. And I would, I would introduce him, you know, how to introduce him that, that is, I guess I'd introduce him. I mean, clearly as an X-Men villain, um, cause I just think he'd be such a, uh, you know, one of the X-Men, which it just really, that's really hard to know because it's hard to know how they're going to bring the X-Men in. Like, who is, are they going to do an X-Men movie? Are they going to do a lot of little X-Men things? I, I, here's how I would like to see him introduced. Um, we get what what I'm hoping for, which is like a couple of X Men drops throughout throughout the next phase, where like we have a a, a um, Wolverine character show up. It doesn't have to be Wolverine. I don't know Cyclops, or this or that. Like all these different characters from the uh, world of the mutants start showing up in different movies and sort of similar to our Nick Fury in, in the previous ones, we see like a shadowy figure who we don't know it is, who it is, or, or even like we, we see that it's Denzel or whatever, but like, we don't know that he's Magneto and we see him sort of like protecting them or fighting them, depending on what their goals are. You know, our heroes, he's sort of like coming in and out of the stories and like, he's just sort of this background figure. And then finally we find out that's Magneto and he's been like, doing things to protect the mutants as best he can now that they're oh, sort of coming man. to light. So you just get this like sort of Nick Fury in reverse where he's building uh, the brotherhood or whatever. Yeah. The brotherhood of evil mutants. Uh, I would love that uh, if he were, if he were to be building this team the whole time and like, it's a, it's a sympathetic cause, it's a sympathetic cause, but it, it starts to like, go a little bit sideways and he gets a little bit crazier and a little bit more extreme and a little darker. And then all the, all the team has to rebel against him or the team just gets massively divided and yeah, you know, they have their big fight. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you know, it could be just, just, just like they did with first class. I mean, it's not that much different except doing it slower and more methodically where these, these mutants are sort of dropped into the story, but like you could have him and, Professor X sort of working together in the beginning uh, and even, you know, like trying to build up the mutant race and like protect it. But then they just diverge on their methods, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that storyline and I want to see it done. Well, I want to see it done. It was like, I really like how they did it in first class. So I, I don't like want them to rehash the same old story, but I do want a compelling Magneto who can interact with these characters. And I think, I think making it uh, updating it to current time and making it a black character who lived through the civil rights movement and who saw a lot of things. Uh, I think that makes it a di- such a different story that I really think, and such a more modern and like ripped directly from the headlines type story that it would really, uh, I think resonate in a new yeah. and interesting way. I just hope they're like ballsy it. enough to do it. I really hope they're ballsy enough to do it. <laughs> Um, or, yeah. or, or ovary enough to do it. Like I, I whatever, whatever, whatever s- s- strong reproductive organ you want to talk about. Um, you could just say gutsy. 
Sure, sure, gutsy. Um, I hope they got the gumption. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. Get that gumption. Meh. Okay. So we've got our Obadiahs. We've got our Lokis. So who is your Thanos? My Thanos in this grand tale is not Kang. But it is what Kang is trying to... Uh, Trying to stave off. Right. I actually, to... I, when I was thinking about through this, I almost put Kang as my Loki and my uh, Thanos. I almost did that, but I like, yeah. I thought that was, that was still too cheesy. So I went somewhere else, but I like the, <laughs> I like the way you got it set up here. So what is he trying to stave off? What is the, what is, who is your Thanos? He's trying to stave off Galactus. Yes. He's it. trying to build a better version of himself so that he can stop Galactus from eating planet Earth. So I, I love this because it's, I mean, it's very much what we're talking about with uh, Magneto versus X, but it's like the same character. And you've got this rebel version of him that's still holding on to ideals, but thinks the methods of the other versions of himself are going too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. Yep. And... It's one of those things like, you know, he, he, Kang becomes sympathetic almost in, in the face of Galactus. He's trying to stop Galactus. Like, yeah. I'll do whatever I have to in order to stop that thing. That thing is way bigger than any of you, matters way more than any of you. I'll sacrifice anybody I need to in order to stop that. Yeah, which is just sets up a perfectly compelling a narrative that pushes against itself like really, really well, because clearly there's a, there's a line. If you go too far, uh, you know, that your, the, uh, your solution is worse than the problem, you know? Yeah. And you know, that's that, I think this solves a problem that, uh, that we keep having with Galactus is that Galactus is so impersonal. And so um, because Galactus is so devoid of pathos usually like it's really hard to make him a compelling villain and a compelling story arc other than i don't want him to destroy the earth but if you put that as just a like this is going to happen you know make choices like make your heroes make choices as far as um you know how to stop that or even the villains can get in on that because because you know if if Galactus devours the Earth if he consumes the Earth there's no Earth left to to rule you know so yeah. they they need to stave him off too and then it becomes a, a who has the best idea kind of race or or fight mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff man and and I love a good reason for the villain to. Uh, actually team up with the hero and like see them get to know each other in ways that they've avoided up till then. You know, I love that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And just the entire, like, we we see these Avengers movies where uh, all of the heroes in, in Endgame stand up together against Thanos and his armies, but it's really just Thanos is the only real like character among them. Yep. Uh, it'd be interesting to see all the characters from all of the verse, like all the villains come forth to like fight alongside um, our heroes be real cool. It would, it would be awesome. I like it. So who's your Thanos? All right. My Thanos last one here. 
and uh, round this off. So, so yeah, as you can see from my my three, I I, I don't have as deep a com- comics knowledge as you. So a lot of mine came from things that I, I saw just kind of already on the table that they can use. And yeah. this one is no different. My Thanos and uh, Thanos may be a little uh, a little highfalutin for what I think this is. Uh, I think <laughs> this could be a full phase threat. Okay. Um, I don't know about a triple, you know, phase trilogy threat or not, but my Thanos that I'm going with is Scarlet Witch. Ooh, ooh, that's deep, right? I like it a lot because, like, uh, one of the things uh, that was written in uh, it, it, about these ideas uh, was, uh, you know, Thomas McNeil said, "Would they introduce them?" in a in a disney plus series what if they already are what if they already are yeah what if this is the start of phase four or if they're calling them phases or whatever anymore but this is the start of phase four and it's like the they have they've had a villain problem for years like everybody says it i actually don't really buy that i think they do i think they just tell hero stories first and that's to me that's fine but um what if they're beginning phase four, the beginning of this new trilogy with the tale of a villain, uh, the, the, this, this girl we've been already watching for years is now like consuming worlds with her like psychic energy. <laughs> and she is, you know, she, we, we know from, uh, stuff that's coming that she, that the multiverse is a thing. We know she appears in Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, uh, we know in the comics she becomes mad. Like, what if the arc of this entire season is them trying to do, you know, Marvel's Marvel of the last 10 years has done bigger and bigger crossovers. And all of us have been saying, like, yeah, they're going to have to pull it back after Endgame. Like, that's been the, the, the common uh, wisdom, right? Yeah. But what if they don't? <laughs> what, if, <laughs> what if they just go bigger? She breaks down the walls between realities. We get X-Men characters. We get Spider-Man characters from previous universes. We get like these characters flowing in and out and they introduce new characters, new worlds. And we get a huge event that will have to sort of collapse back in on itself eventually. But like we get an even bigger crossover between worlds because the real threat of that phase would be Wanda Maximoff Wanda Maximoff she's the one that had they have to stop and you know like this could lead to something like House of M or 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 vice versa you know a reverse House of M as we've discussed in the past um where like they all have to kill Wanda Maximoff and every they're like we but but she's an Avenger you know like and they all have to go kill her and this is like this isn't just a theoretical one from the comics but like one we've been watching on screen uh, played by Elizabeth Olsen and and our characters are Ant-Man and Thor and like they all have to go fight Wanda and then you know we'll see what happens let's see if they can do it or, <laughs> they or all get she, wrecked. you know she's like I need more like me like let's let's see some mutants show up in this world oh man yeah oh, that's crazy that's that's my that Thanos. would be so good Ms. Wanda Ms. Wanda herself which we just found out that series starts so soon yes yes it does um i recently watched endgame again um 
you know, like every other day. But uh, <laughs> when uh, this this most recent time, I noticed when she drops in at the end uh, of the the big fight, and she like she's staring Thanos down. She is like the the way that Elizabeth Olsen acts it. She's furious and has so much power seething through her and rage seething through her. And I was like, Oh shit. I don't remember her being this, this angry. Yeah. And she says to him, you took everything from me. And like, she's quivering with rage. Mm-hmm. I, and is she at the funeral at the end? I'm, I'm guessing she, she is. is. Yeah, yeah, she is. I'm just, and I'm just she, curious if we've seen she, her since then. Yeah. She stands next to Hawkeye. Um, and you know, they're talking about the people that they lost. Like, you know, I, I feel like they, they understand or they, you know, they're proud of us or whatever. Um, and she seems to have calmed down, but I, I kind of don't want that. I kind of don't want her to have calmed down because that would lead, lead into WandaVision so easily. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's taking a minute for her, uh, for her, her grief to set in because, you know, everything that happened didn't, it wasn't a five year span for her. It was like, you know, 30 seconds basically. Yeah. This all just happened for her. And that's, what's so, so fascinating about this WandaVision series is like, this could all be happening like days after she watched vision die in front of her after she Oof. killed him, then had to see him resurrected to die again. That's, that's terrible. And that's the makings of villains, man. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Anyway, so and and with so many multiverse shenanigans we see on the horizon, like I really think that she could make a really convincing villain for this. Absolutely, man. This has been a fun thought experiment. Yeah, dude, I had fun with this. Thank you guys for uh, uh, your commission, and I think you both had other commissions in your things you sent us, and so we'll probably get to those in some form as well. Uh, if you if you guys enjoyed this and you'd like to be a patron, it's patreon.com slash MCU cast. It's been a lot of people have joined lately uh, over this last few months, and we actually have a lot of commissions to do because of that. Um, so we're trying to get to as many before uh, WandaVision as possible. Um, and it's just we really just can't say thank you enough to everybody. And today, specifically to Andrew Youngblood and Thomas McNeil. You guys, thank you so much for uh, for your patronage. And uh, yeah, we just yeah, we can't, can't thank you enough. It like, I always, I always say this, uh, some form of this when I'm writing a thank you letter is just like, I don't know. Uh, it, it always amazes me that anyone cares about our show, but like, right. The fact that people care enough to support it financially blows me away completely. And like, it's, it, it's something I always try to tell them because like, it really does. And we just really appreciate, uh, you guys who are patrons. It just makes us, uh, be able to do this. So, um, again, patreon.com slash MCU cast. If you'd like to join the fray. Um, and if you're interested in doing a, uh, you know, uh, one of these commissions, we get to, we try to get to them as often as possible. The more people at that level, kind of the slower we are at it because the more, honestly, I, now that, all the TV shows are slimming down to just be the Disney plus shows. Uh, we're probably going to have more time for them, which I'm excited about because we always yeah. would try to do them. And then we'd have like 30 agents of shield episodes. Well, and, you say it's slimming down to just the Disney plus stuff, but I mean, we're going to have WandaVision, Falcon and the winter soldier, 
not long after that is She-Hulk and right. Kamala Khan. So far, and Moon Knight. Uh, and- <laughs> so far, all the series they've announced and like given details on have been six episodes, though. And yeah, so, that's fair. so like, if you combine all of those, that's like one Agents of Shield. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I feel like we're just going to be a little less pressed for time as we used to be. Uh, with with I may be wrong though. They could come out and say for this podcast. Oh, uh, that's true. That well, that's the thing. We've got a lot of other things going on now. Um, but I think we'll have more time for commissions these days. So, and that's that goes for you guys. We are going to be trying to knock as many out in the few, next few weeks. So, those of you who are patrons at the three or four dollar level, um, go and send us a commission. Um, you, you can email it to us, or I'll make sure this week to throw uh, the commission link into the uh, Patreon what patreon feed so you guys can see it um any other thoughts about these villains jeff randall no i just i want to see them out there right (sighs) i want to i want to watch all this unfold i honestly think that both of our plots can unfold simultaneously oh i totally do too like i said i think that um this Wanda Maximoff thing could be a single phase you know seven or eight movie arc and then it could dive directly into um, like it could, it could it co correlate perfectly with what you're, what you're talking about. Um, and even like, especially with the breaking down of the barrier between universes, the different Kangs could easily be, uh, visible in one universe, you know, oh, man, what if, what if Kang comes back to, to try to kill Wanda Maximoff because she is a problem? Yeah. What, what if that's the, what if that's the thing? Oh, what if that's Ant-Man three is like, Kang shows up to kill Wanda because she's the problem and Scott defends her because he's been fighting alongside her for a few years. Uh, I mean, he showed up, he showed up to defend her in civil war, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, he's, that's like, that's like the last job cap gave him, you know, like, no, I'm like, (laughs) that's, that's how he's defending her is what brought me into the Avengers, you know? And then, and then, uh, he has to slowly be convinced that Wanda actually needs to go down. And then like, you know, Scott, who is, is this good guy has to turn and like he has to make the hard decision, which would be really hard to watch. It would. And then his, his young Cassie doesn't understand and spins off and breaks and makes her own team. Man. Mm-hmm. So many things they could do. And I'm so pumped for all. <laughs> They've laid so much groundwork, man. It's just exciting. It is. It is. <sighs> okay. So let's wrap it up here. And, um, God, let's see how that how it plays out. We've only got two months until WandaVision. Uh, two months. We can do it. We can wait. I can, I got can, this. I can make it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll be back very soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers.